From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Jada, a BIPOC transgender model passionate about activism for her community. Let's jump in with my favorite question. How did you choose your name? Ooh, um, do we want the real answer or do we want the like cute made up answer? <laughs> um, well, God, now I want to hear both. Um, you know, we're, we're all about the realism here on this show. So, you know, um, yeah, the, uh, tell us the real version and then you're gonna have to give us a quick synopsis of the cute version. <laughs> cute. Okay. Well, the real version is I used to be a big fan of Bad Girls Club. Um, if everybody remembers that show, I'm like, you know, we're not role models on that show, but one of my favorite girls on one of the seasons, her name was Jada and I love that name. And so I took it as my own from her. Um, but the cute version is that I looked up so heavily to Jada Pinkett Smith and I got my name from her. So we'll just go with that. Either way, you're borrowing the name from someone else, from somebody that influenced you. Um, so, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jade is a, a, a good role model, a good person to look up to. I'm not, I, I, unfortunately, I'm not familiar with the other character. So um, I know who um, one of... It's fine. I, I'm sure she's, you know, on her way out and she's not a great role model. if She was on Bad Girls Club, so that's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. So... Um, starting off with diving into your actual story, when did you, when did you learn that you were trans? When did that term apply to you? You know, I think it finally hit me, like actually smacked me in the face uh, when I was 18. Um, I had just graduated high school and got into the drag scene. And like through that, I ended up like socially transitioning into being this fabulous woman. And then I ended up starting um, HRT and my physical transition um, at the age of 21. So I had about three years to kind of come to the realization that like, this is what I want. This is how I want to do it. And yeah, I mean, obviously there was, you know, looking back now, there was so many times in my life that me wanting to be trans came up but like i think 18 years old for me was like that's it i'm doing it this is me i need to live authentically mm -hmm. i love at that period when you come to understand that you're trans and that then illuminates so much from your history so much from your life up to that point what were some of those breadcrumbs that that illuminated for you well, I mean, this is all based on like the social patriarchy and like how society as a whole views like men and women. Mm -hmm. um, I remember specifically like as far back as I can remember, like two or three years old, um, my first toys were Barbie dolls. I always loved pink and purple and I knew that was like a big no-no in my house, but I mean, come on, pink and purple are like they're just cool colors, period. But at the time I associated those with being girl colors and like I had Barbies and I just wanted to play with the girls and I didn't want to do boy things. Um, so like that was like the first time I can look back at like, oh, something, something's a little different there. Um, and then I think the biggest one that I look back at now is when I was about seven years old, I remember being in the bathroom um, 
in my home and just like telling myself like, oh my God, life would be so much easier and cooler if I didn't have the parts I was born with, if I had different parts. And like at the time I was like, oh, whatever, that's a normal thought. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, wait, that was not a normal thought. Like that's something that should have been addressed and think that I should have, you know, pursued further. Mm -hmm. But so many of us aren't, exposed to any of that language or any of that identity uh being transgender or that po as a possibility so yeah it makes sense that it would it would seem like sort of a foreign idea and something that yeah you, you don't know if there's a way for you to do anything about it you don't know that there's a way f forward with that yeah. i mean yeah like exactly i mean you know we I mean, growing up, we did not have the word transgender. We didn't even have like non-binary. We didn't have gender fluid back then. So it's so weird to think about now when you're like, wait a sec, like I knew, I just didn't have a word for it. Yeah, and that makes all the difference, doesn't it? Having that, having the words to, to put to it and to identify it as, um, to clarify that. Yeah, absolutely. Once you got to that point at 18, when it really, when it really smacked you, um, and it, it showed up for you, first off, how long did it take you before you started to take action on it? Um, yeah, like I said, it kind of took me like three years to really get to like the medical transition. Um, for me, I just, I grew up in a really religious, uh, well, not really, I'm sorry. I'm like, my dad was really religious. Um, my parents weren't together. Um, so like growing up and half the time in a super religious home, I just knew like that wasn't okay mm -hmm. uh, to half my family. So I just, I took my time with it. I made sure I didn't rush anything. Um, and the reason why I waited from 18 to 21 to start my medical transition was to make sure that it was the right move for me, that that's exactly what I wanted to do, um, and that it would be something that I would keep pursuing. Um, and that wasn't like a phase mm -hmm. kind of deal, <laughs> like we're all told. Um, so I think like that was the big point for me of like taking that three years of my young adulthood, just like really living in my transness and figuring out what that meant for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That is a very important thing. You know, my 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 follow up question is usually, you know, was there a, a, a period of adjustment to, where you had to come to terms with the fact that you were trans? And it's great that you had you had that three year period to to do that and to figure out what your next steps were. I'm going to jump yeah. ahead then with that um, to one of the, the later questions. As you looked to transition and got into it, did you have a plan? And um, if you did make a plan, did those plans sort of change as you went through it? Um, yes. <laughs> um, I guess short answer, that's it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I remember like starting my transition and I had an idea of what I thought could happen um, which for me at the time was just starting HRT. Like that's obviously the one of the biggest steps um, in a lot of trans people's journeys. Um, not everyone has to do HRT, but like for me, it was such a big goal for me to start. Um, and then like 
after that, I kind of was like, yeah, I just want to get a boob job, like whatever. And I feel like back then my goals at the start of my transition are way different now. Like I remember also wanting to take things slow, nice and easy. I didn't want to like dive in, go for it full speed. Um, it just like made me nervous. Um, but being where I am now, it's like so funny looking back at like my baby trans self <laughs> and realizing like, I'm like, bitch, why didn't you just like jump on the train? You were so ready. Like you were more than ready. And yeah, just like overall too, I thought transitioning also meant like never getting married. I'm not, I'm not going to be in a relationship. I'm not going to be in a healthy relationship or I'm not going to be able to get married because I'm trans. And obviously that has changed for me now where I'm like, why not? Why can't trans people be in love? Why can't we get married? So I'm glad I've like grown in that way too. Just like my trans headspace of like all your possibilities and what you can accomplish and you can't accomplish those. That's beautiful. I love that. Let's move on to coming out. When, when did you decide to come out? You had that, the, the revelation at 18, a three year period. When did you start to come out and how did you approach that? kind of weird i first came out as gay um when i was like in sixth grade um so that was like the first time coming out to my parents uh and it was super funny because like again looking back i'm like i have so many pictures of me wearing heels and dressing up all the time like as a child which is so funny and of course like i came out to my mom in sixth grade and i was like yeah i like boys and she was like okay i know and i was like you you know and she was like uh yeah and i was like cool i have to process that now because she took no time she was like yeah we're good cool i knew that so like that was like my first coming out um as coming out liking boys but um it took me about three years um from 18 to 21 to come out to myself which is so many, I know like not a lot of people talk about that coming out of like you telling yourself like, this is my truth and this is how you feel and you need to feel that, you know, like it's okay to feel that. And because you are feeling it, just live in that space. Um, so it took me that full three years to like really come out to myself even. And then literally I turned 21, um, graduated college and the day after I graduated college, I called my mom and came out to her as trans. And it was the most emotional my mom and I had ever been with each other. And she did not see it coming, but also she was just very accepting and um, overwhelmed as was I, but she was just very accepting about it, um, which has been a great help. And not a lot of people have that. Um, as far as like my dad goes, coming out to him was way different and we don't have a great relationship because of it. So, hmm. yeah, I'm surprised at how common that is that, you know, in the same family you have, you know, the, the parental unit is split, you know, you have yeah. one parent that is supportive and one that is not. Your mom was, was accepting and saw the writing on the wall that you liked boys and then this kind of um caught her off guard and i find that very interesting how that 
um, you know, how many people in our community have to come out multiple times and and it's different. You know, the level of acceptance is different. The the challenge to accept it is different uh, with one versus the other. Uh, I just I just find that interesting. Do you have any deeper insight on that or any other comments on on that sort of phenomenon? Yeah, and you know, it's kind of a, a weird phenomenon. Um, I feel like a part of my reasoning um, came specifically from not being able to put a name to it. I, you know, like the first time I ever saw a trans woman was on Jerry Springer and Maury. So if anyone doesn't know what those shows are, I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> They're irrelevant now. Um, but like back then they were just shows purely for drama and entertainment. Um, and they'd have these beautiful trans women come on the show and tell their boyfriends or their parents or whatever that they were men. And of course, at the time I was like, okay that's just what it is and like looking back now i'm like whoa that was way behind the times like i mean it's just like so stark mm. and just so jarring to hear like a beautiful trans woman be like oh i'm a man and we're like no 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 that that wouldn't fly today you are not a man you are a beautiful trans woman mm. um so i think that's part of it too is like we just don't always have the verbiage because obviously with what's going on in legislation right now, especially like so many people don't want us to have the knowledge of gender, of sexuality. So with that being said, like, therefore we also now as this community don't have the knowledge, we don't have the verbiage, we don't have what we need to express ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think like that's a big part of it is like for me, I did come out as gay for the first time, but like looking back on it now, I just came out as liking boys. And in reality, I was always a girl and I've liked boys, but I'm a trans woman. So um, I guess like that's kind of like my take on it is we just never, we don't always have the tools or the knowledge to help ourselves. Uh, be ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And a, a part of that, especially for me, and I don't know if it was similar for you, but um, having the language was was one step. But having the confidence to believe for myself that I was trans, that I truly was trans, and, and um, I don't know, for lack of anything better currently in my brain, um, deserved to, to be trans or deserved to, to you know, call myself a trans woman. Um, you know, there was a, a huge amount of imposter syndrome, even though I had this. And as far as what I was understanding, it really described, it explained a lot of what I was going through, but I still had a hard time accepting that term and then telling it to other people like, this is who I am and you have to deal with that. Did you experience any of that? Actually funny, I remember um, after I came out to my mom the first time, I specifically remember telling her, oh, I'm androgynous, I'm androgynous. And like, I used that word up until 18. Mm. Um, and it's so funny, like looking back at it now, like obviously androgyny and androgynous um, are like still used and they're an, an aesthetic thing. Um, but as far as like, I go back, 
I think what I meant back then was that I was gender fluid or that I was non-binary um, just because I didn't have the verbiage for it. And that solely like me realizing now that like that's to me was non-binary or gender fluid was like just because I didn't have the verbiage for it. So mm-hmm. I said I used androgynous because that's something I did know. And obviously I said that too because I was too afraid to fully come out as like a femme or a woman um, in that sense. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, androgyny it was. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, it it can be so hard to to accept the identity for ourselves and to try and explain it to others. And the, the problem that we're facing right now is that people who don't share our experience have a hard time understanding it. And that's i think that's a big reason um there's a big reason there's um all this stuff that's going on all this confusion and all this um just misinformation and things about trans people but one of the big issues we have is that they assume because of that because of their lack of experience and understanding the situation that language about being trans and understanding what that is is what causes people to be trans like you would not be trans if you didn't hear about it when you were were young um and the problem with that is that our stories sort of tend to support that in a way that like we didn't have the language so we didn't come out as trans back then but what they're missing of course is the fact that we had the feelings all along and we were confused about who we were we were confused about our identities we struggled with it a lot and yeah. the wording just set us free to finally come out and be ourselves it didn't yeah. make us trans yeah i mean i love that as well like it's it's always so funny to hear when people have little understanding of trans identities and just gender identity in general um a lot of it goes to well i don't want my kids learning about that because then they're gonna be trans they're gonna hear trans and think they're trans and you know at the end of the day if they're saying that and your kid hears that the word trans and understands it, which it's not that hard to understand. I mean, <laughs> um, kids understand gender and gender's a spectrum as well, um, all far easier than adults do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if your kid hears a word and they resonate with that, why are we holding them back from it? And like, of course, if I heard that word growing up, I would have been like, oh that's yeah that's how i feel and honestly like i feel the same oppositely like i've known a lot of people who actually were taught about transgender people and gender fluid people and they didn't resonate with that and they grew up to be cis straight people Mm -hmm. who are just accepting and it's like it's so funny because those are the stories that get pushed out to media of oh we're indoctrinating our kids we're indoctrinating your kids drag story hour is going to turn everyone into a sexual deviant which is so funny because it's like no none of that none of that is true none of that actually happens what happens is people hear something they resonate with it and they find a way to connect and be a part of that community mm-hmm. there is no like if you are trans and you hear the word trans you're going to resonate you know like if you're not trans you're not going to find yourself in that word yeah period (laughs) 
Yeah. And the others, there's so much to it that is, it, it's, yeah, like I said, we do, we're, it's ingrained in who we are. It is who we are. And when we don't have the language to explain it, it can be, it can be really challenging and really difficult for us. And then when we do, it helps. And teaching all kids about the existence of trans people just helps them to understand and to accept more. And, you know, that's what we run into with our parents is they weren't taught it. It was never a thing for them. They don't have the capacity to understand it. Um, or, or, I mean, I know that they can't empathize with it, um, but they can't even sympathize with it because they, they just have, they, they didn't have the language either and they weren't taught anything about it. And so, um, it comes out of left field. And I think that's sort of what happened with your mom, right? Where being gay was a thing, was something that people knew and accepted and being trans wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think my mom is a great example of that. Um, so I do have five younger siblings total. I'm the oldest of six of us, but uh, my mom has uh three younger kids of her own they all still live under her roof and you know with me coming out twice <laughs> um it just made things a lot easier for her in general going forward with um my siblings and even now like she has open discussions with them and she always has of like jada is trans and this is what trans means and this is why she feels this way this is why she dresses this way funny story i mean not yet or maybe not ever and we'll see obviously that's their own journey but none of my siblings have come out as trans mm -hmm. and they've known about trans forever i mean i mean i don't remember a time when they didn't know what trans was mm -hmm. um, just because like my mom was always trying to be so accepting of who i was so it's like kind of funny on the opposite end to see a parent who does teach their kids these things and does teach openness and awareness of gender identity and the gender spectrum. And the kids are still not resonating with it on a personal level. They just accept it, they know it exists and that's it, which is really awesome. Like, I mean, that's a great example in itself right there that it's like, just because the word is out there doesn't mean it's gonna indoctrinate everybody, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Did you, when you were coming out and when you were going through all of this, um, finally being public and showing people who you were, did you have anybody that supported you um, that you weren't expecting or in a way that you weren't expecting? Yeah, you know, I expected my life to be a lot harder at work um, as a lot of trans people's lives are. I think for me, that was one of the biggest like shocks um, in my transition is how well I was accepted into my professional life, um, which is actually kind of funny now looking back at it. I used to work at MAC Cosmetics. I worked there for like seven years as a makeup artist. And although I was like, oh, I'm so scared to come out and be who I am on that work and I'm hoping that nobody like makes me feel uncomfortable at work. Um, like Max mantra was always all ages, all races, all genders. And so like when I finally came out to all my coworkers and my management and everyone who worked at Mac, they were like, oh, that's great, amazing. How can we support you? 
And I was like, what? I'm sorry, my my work of my my place of work is saying this is okay. They accept it and they want to help me with whatever they can through that. Huge shock to me. I couldn't be more grateful. And through my baby trans phase, like it well not phase, I'm sorry, for my baby trans days, honestly, it's the best thing I could have ever had. Um, I'd say like as of right now, my biggest shock so far. Um, has been my sister. So I have two siblings from my dad who also grew up in our like super religious household. And um, again, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. We don't talk, we haven't talked in five plus years. And I've recently connected with my little sister who is nine years younger than me. For some reason, I thought that she was gonna not be accepting because of how we grew up. And she has, like blown me out of the water with how accepting she is of me now. And she's so happy for all my accomplishments as a woman. Um, and she's been like such a great light in my life that has come up recently too, because I didn't have a relationship with her for 10 years mm-hmm. um, because of my dad. Um, so like, it's great to reconnect now, now that she's an adult and she is so accepting, so supporting. And I never saw that coming. So, like, amazed by her. That's such a beautiful story and a wonderful story to share here of hope, you know, because you you have struggles when you come out and people have a hard time accepting you and you lose connection with them. You get you get estranged or people, um, you know, actually come out and tell you that, that they can't deal with it. But mm-hmm. something like that kind of shows that there there is still a chance that 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 people yeah. can come around that there is a chance for reconnection at some point in the future and i love that absolutely i mean my so the first time i came out as liking guys i it took me a whole year after coming out to my mom to come out to my dad um and of course when i came out to him what specifically hindered my relationship with my sisters was he told me not to tell them Mm-hmm. and not to like display my flamboyantness on them. And so like obviously that really stuck with me forever. I mean, honestly, I think it pushed me away from them, not because I wanted to not be close with them, but if I couldn't be authentically myself, then I couldn't do that around them. I, I, I wasn't really good at faking who I was around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in a way i ended up taking what he said too close to heart and i ended up pushing myself completely away from them so that i wouldn't get them in trouble i wouldn't get myself in trouble and you know i'm really glad that we're adults now and we can look back at that and be like well you know what that's behind us let's just start on our new relationship now Mm -hmm. which feels incredible (laughs) that's wonderful what is what do you feel has been the hardest thing for you about being trans? Ooh, um, you know, I I like want to preface by saying that there's similarities in every trans journey. Um, there's stressors that occur in every trans life. I'd say right now, personally, my biggest like the hardest thing about being trans is how hard dysphoria hits you at every moment. 
you could be going to the grocery store and worrying about being clocked. Um, you know, it's just like a lot of that for me and a lot of my body dysmorphia gets the best of me as well, where I just don't feel feminine enough in certain spaces mm-hmm. to the point of like, I know passability is not the end all be goal for any or not every trans person and it shouldn't be, but especially being a black and Asian trans woman, I get really scared of the idea of not like passing in a space. And that's not for other people. That's just like for my safety. I always get nervous about being clocked. And then especially as a black woman, like getting hurt or unalived, all of that. So I think like that to me is something that hits me every day from when I wake up to when I go to bed is just like, how do I stay safe out in the world that is not meant for me? Yeah, that's the hard thing about our situation, right? Um, you know, it's not just about being trans. It's trans then is, you know, when, when there's, when it intersects, intersects with our other identities, um, it brings up other things. And yeah, um, you know, there's that whole passing culture as a, as a goal. And it's not something to, to aim, we should aim for because we can't control it a lot of the times. But yeah, there, there is a desire for that for if for no other reason than the safety and the ability to just blend in and be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, like, that's what's so weird for me is like, obviously, I'm so strongly on the binary <laughs> um, and I like identify so I identify as a woman and I as of like right now and ever since starting HRT I haven't ever identified as gender fluid or non-binary so like for me my binary is super important to me Um, And I realized like it's not important for every trans journey and that's amazing. And that's what makes us unique. Uh, But like for me, like I wanna be the most hyper femme (laughs) trans woman there is. Um, And like, to me, it's so funny. Like I look at possibility as like goals as not as, and not like a, I'm doing it for society. I'm doing it so that I look like Barbie, you know? (laughs) Like, I, I'm like, uh, I'm like free shameless plug for the new movie. It's fine. <laughs> Growing up loving Barbie so much and just wanting to be around hyper femininity and now like getting, being able to do that. Like that's where I stand with my journey and possibility for me is not just for the patriarchy. It's for me so that I can feel my absolute best so i can feel like a princess like i can feel like barbie <laughs> well it said that it's a difficult contrast right because we are um as as good uh trans community citizens here and um you know people out in front of others people people see us you know it's important to say you know uh don't hold to ideals of femininity or masculinity or who you need to be. Um, yet at the same time, like I'm, I'm the same way as you. I am extremely binary. I um, identify only as a woman. I do not have, um, I do not have an identity that is is both. I have masculine characteristics, and I still like, you know, building stuff around my house. But I don't consider that as characteristics of 
of a man that's just um, something, just things that I like to do as a woman, exactly. you know, as a tomboy. I mean, it's not even that, like, it's so funny that, you know, like the social construct in our patriarchy has always said like, oh, women must be in the kitchen. Women must, women must know how to clean and guys must know how to work on cars. They know, they must know how to, whatever it is. Um, and it's like so funny thinking about that now where it's like, in our own trans minds, we always think of like, ooh, I'm cleaning, I'm feeling so womanly right now, or like, oh, I'm building something and I feel kind of masked today, that's not gender for me. And then you look back at it and realize, you're like, wait a sec, anybody, a person can build things, they can like cars, a person should know how to cook, a person should know how to clean, you know? <laughs> and it's like so funny that like, all these social constructs have been put on us and when in reality you're just like whatever hyper femininity or hyper masculinity or anywhere in between is like there's so many things out there that are specifically just people or human traits or like things that we do like cleaning like cooking you know on the opposite end of the question i last asked you um a while there a while ago there um what have been the best things? What, what, what's the best thing for you about being trans? I would say, so I moved to Los Angeles about three years ago now. Um, and I would fully say like before moving here to Los Angeles, I was not super open about my transness. I mean, like everyone from back home knew because they saw me go through transition. But as far as like being proud about my trans journey, I can't say that I was. Um, I truly, like, when I was dating, I wanted nothing to do with my transness. I so badly wanted to be a cis woman. I'd say now, like, moving here and really just sitting in my trans space and just, like, it's not going anywhere, right? Like, <laughs> I am trans. Uh, I'm never going to be a cis gendered woman. I'm, it's just not, unfortunately, that's just not happening. Um, so like with that being said, I really started to accept myself and accept that like, Hey, like I am trans and I also want to be a part of the trans community. So I think like my favorite part about being trans now is the trans community as a whole. Like I've never felt safer around other trans people like it's also nice when you talk about everyday things or you talk about your trans stressors or your trans journey with other trans people it's just like oh yeah cool we get it like we've been through that too or like it, there's that overall understanding there whereas like talking to cis people you sometimes have to explain things or you have to explain yourself so I think like honestly, and I still say this, and I've said this for like the past three years, like the best part about being trans is the community, is the other dolls, is all the Ken dolls out there. Like that is what keeps me going. That's what makes me wake up in the morning is thinking about the younger generation and like having them look up to people like us and being like, wow, I feel seen, I feel heard. And there's community there when I'm ready.
Let's jump to the stumper here. Uh, what does transition mean for you on a deep level? You know, like I said, I really struggle. Like, I mean, every trans person struggles with like their gender identity and body dysmorphia. Um, for me, I don't really know if there is like an end goal. Um, but for me, like transition means that <laughs> I hit I hit my peak of hyper femininity, but even with that being said, like, I just always, I always want to level up. Like, it's so funny. This kind of reminds me of like Hunter Schaefer's character in Euphoria, where she said, like, I just want to be on the next level of trans. I just want to be on the next level. And like, I feel that way where I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? What else can trans people do? So in my journey, like I'm starting my surgery journey. I actually moved here, partially moved to Los Angeles to start my surgery journey. For me, that means getting all the surgeries that I want to get. That means dressing the way that I want to dress. <laughs> um, and that just means like leveling up to the next level of femininity that I can. And that's what like my transition means to me, I guess. Mm. We talked about dysphoria. You've mentioned it a lot and the things that we struggle with. When you're feeling that way, what do you do for self-care to find uh, valid validation in your identity? Um, I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm also on a self-care journey and figuring out what that looks like for me and what works best for me. I think my self-care journey starts with like admitting or the realization of self um, as in like, I feel like if I acknowledge that I have a goal, then like that's my first step in my mental journey of like, okay, I acknowledge that that feeling is there and how are we going to tackle it from here on? Like with that said, I'm I love overthinking about everything. Um, <laughs> as I'm sure you can tell with my responses, I'm like you know, long story long. <laughs> um, but you know, also like going back into like my profession and my career, like in modeling, I feel like that is something that gives me a lot of like hope and it gives me a lot of energy i could go out into the real world every day and not feel affirmed for whatever reason but for some reason whenever i go to a shoot whenever i go to a, a video shoot anything um i just feel absolutely affirmed i feel okay i feel like rejuvenated again i feel like i'm an actual person i feel like a woman you know, and that's honestly like so unexpected as well. But, you know, I'm glad that I have a great outlet that is also a career path of mine. I love that for you. That's wonderful. I, I, you know, and it's it's interesting to hear you say that because I would feel that those are the moments where, you know, being in front of the camera like that, where you would be most self-conscious, you'd be hyper self-conscious about and hyper self-aware of all of the, the things. And I'm I'm so glad for you that in the, the moment you're able to just be there in the moment and enjoy it 
and you know yeah. feel feel the femininity completely i love that absolutely <laughs> what what hurdles have you uh faced in your journey um either internally or externally and how have you ever overcome those i've i talked about like my relationship with my parents a little bit um you know it's so funny i grew up not only in a super christian household at my dad's but having an asian mom she's very much your stereotypical asian mom of like she has very 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 high expectations of me and my siblings it's the tale as old as time is like i hate to like put asians into a box of any sort but like she's very much your classic asian mom of like you're gonna grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer you know and there is nothing else if you do anything else you disappoint me so from wanting my parents acceptance so bad like i would have done anything to please them growing up um it obviously still hits me today that i'm trying to get over the, the fact that i don't need to please them i don't need to please other people i need to please myself and like when i please myself and when i focus on what i can change in myself that's when i seem to thrive um so like obviously still a hurdle that i'm struggling with today but i would like to get to a point where i don't rely on other people's validation of me you know <laughs> yeah that's very important and the interesting thing about like starting your journey early on is that you you need so much external validation right because you're feeling imposter syndrome you're you're feeling fish out of water because you're not used to trying to blend in with the with the feminine world um you know mm -hmm. it, it's not you haven't been taught it your whole life so uh you need a lot of external validation to, to feel like okay yes i belong here and yes i'm accepted and uh it's wonderful that you're getting to that point that point of realizing that it's all about your own validation of yourself and just having the faith and loving yourself and that's good enough absolutely do you feel there's anything that you've been able to accomplish in your life because of the fact that you're trans or that you've transitioned yeah um i you know in a way i used to look up to jada as like my alter ego almost um so like obviously back in my drag days i would i like kind of put on my jada mask in order to live on my alter ego fantasy whatever <laughs> and it's so funny now that like i feel like i've slowly become my alter ego <laughs> and before transitioning, I would have never, ever, ever thought I would be a model, ever. Even like through my transition, I never even thought that was a possibility. And I'm really glad that someone discovered me and I had a great opportunity and it's been going really well for me. And I think like being a trans model is something that I never thought was possible, but it is. And I don't think I could have done it without being trans. Like, I don't think I would have been this person that I am today. I would have been like, I mean, I don't know what I would have been, but I think like being trans has made modeling a possibility in some way for me. <laughs> and do you feel it has improved your confidence? 
being trans? Uh, here and there. Mm. I mean, yes and no. Obviously, <laughs> there's so much gray area in that. But yeah, I th- I'd say for the most part, like, I feel so confident as Jada. Like, I feel like I'm unstoppable as long as I can get out of my own head <laughs> as as a trans woman. I did not feel unstoppable as a gay boy. Like, I absolutely did not. <laughs> mm. And so true, the, that sentiment of having to get out of our own way. We're so much of uh, so much of the time we're what's we're the main thing that's standing in our own way absolutely <laughs> what is your favorite thing that you've learned through your journey whether about yourself or the world around us that surgeries are possible <laughs> and um obviously like that's a big part of my transition uh story is like i look so heavily for my trans journey um and what that looks like uh, moving forward, but being a baby trans, I was a self-hating trans person as well. I so badly didn't want to be trans, so therefore, I hurt myself—not not physically hurt myself. I just hurt my overall growth by not accepting who I was. And I kind of like look back and wish I would have accepted that I was trans and that like I can find community um, in that because like through me like putting a stop to hating on myself and my identity and loving my trans identity and loving that other people are trans with me. It has allowed me to not only find the community that I need, um, but, you know, start my surgery journey, know that that's possible and how that's possible. Cause I didn't know how that was a possibility before and through the community through talking to sisters i realized all the possibilities of being trans and what that could look like that's so wonderful it opened up a whole lot of possibilities for you and i think that's that's just beautiful absolutely what advice do you have to pass on to young or closeted trans folks out there i don't know if this is the right advice but you know what, we're going to take it there because I feel like it's something I would have told myself as a young trans person, as a young, as a child, it is okay. It's okay to be trans. If you resonate with me, if you resonate with Emily, if you resonate with any trans person, like that's amazing. That's great. And that's not something that you should be ashamed of. And I wish so badly that I could go back and tell myself to just come out, come out when, when you know, and, you know, a fear for so many young trans people is that you'll get kicked out and you won't have any place to stay and it will hinder your trans growth. Although that is true in some cases, and this is where I think like maybe my advice isn't necessarily should always be taken but it's the advice i wish i could give to myself is i wish i would have just come out because even if i did get kicked out i i know for a fact i would have run to new york got involved with the with the ballroom scene and found family there um so like with that being said 
it may not always be the safest option to come out to your family. Um, but, you know, at least you're living authentically as you. And one day you will find family that accepts you and loves you for everything that you are and everything you stand for. There's something you said in there that that struck me as very interesting and something we haven't you know, we haven't really thought about here on the show is, you know, in talking to your your former self, saying, you know, if, if a trans person resonates with you, um, you know, that that's that's wonderful, you know, just just embrace that. But you also mentioned if I, whether I resonate with you or not, and and that, like I said, that struck me because as we go through our journey of self-acceptance and learning about the fact that we're trans and coming into ourselves, there's a lot of change in there. And I just, I just, I, I really identify with that idea that it's possible that how I represent now would have sort of been a, been a, uh, like a turnoff or deterrent to a young version of me possibly, you know, it might've been too much, totally, but like, yeah. look at other people and see someone that, that resonates with you. And I, I, I just, I wanted to point that out as like a really interesting kind of thought in what you said there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like too, I tell so many people this is like, obviously I'm happy to be some trans, younger trans people's um, like role model although i don't think i'm necessarily like the best role model but whatever like <laughs> um but like with that being said like you don't have to like want to be me or you don't have to want to be emily when you grow up but you know if you see some similarities there or you resonate with how we feel like that to me is the most important because you know like not every trans person needs or wants to be hyper femme and like if I would have seen myself, like, if I would have seen who I am now, like, as my younger self and see this hyper femme person that I try to be now, it's so funny. I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. I always, like, say it's really nice to resonate with people. Um, I'm sure so many trans people find other trans people that resonate with them in some way, but, like, for me, I'm like, you know what? You don't have to want to be me. You don't have to want to do what I do, but I want everyone to know like, hey, you can be a model. You can be a lawyer. You can be a doctor as a trans person. You can do everything that any other person does. Um, as long as like, I'm glad that you resonate with me on some level though but doesn't mean you have to be exactly like me, which is amazing. Well, Jada, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It's been wonderful having you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad to have been here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash The Transverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Transverse. Be sure to follow our guest Jada on Instagram at poshgirljada. If you love what we're doing and want to help support the Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the Transverse. 